You're listening to Students of Success, a podcast that drives visionaries to pursue their passions and construct positive breakthroughs. My name is Ben James, and I'll be sitting down with creatives to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and how to make a meaningful impact. In this episode, I'll be interviewing my dear friend Alex to discuss what living with autism is like and what he has done to make a difference in other people's lives. Alex and I started the TAG movement in early February, and we will be talking about the movement, which has impacted so many already, and what you can do to make a difference. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Alex. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you for having me, Bad. So, we have a pretty good background together, but it wasn't until this year when we really got close through React Club. And can you talk about what React Club is and how our relationship really started? React Club means Recreational Experience Activity Club for Teens. So basically what we do is we go out to like dinner, we go to the Blue Rocks, we go to like main event, we go to the movies, we do a lot of cool things. And our relationship has affected because I felt that you've gotten close to me this year. And yes, I do of you like in the past last year, but it wasn't until this year till we got really close. Yeah, I think that React Club has really given me a new outlook on my own life because after spending time with students like you and Robbie and Addison and Natalie and Georgia, and there's so many more, Brett and Lynette, there's so many kids who have just made such an impact on me, and I'm sure have made an impact on your life as well. Why do you think React Club is so special? React Club it's, is special because it's the only club where we get to do social outings. I mean, yes, sports teams have like an end of the banquet somewhere. Yes, the baseball team sometimes gets to go out to dinner. But we're the only club that assists both non-autistic kids and autistic kids. Like, it helps them to socialize. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think when I came into React Club and started hanging out with you guys, it really showed me how to care about people. And it, and it was what I wanted to do every Friday night. You know, I really cherish going out and hanging out with people like you. And Mr. Stoller is awesome too, you know? So I really enjoyed hanging out with you rather than going out somewhere with my friends. Be- like my my other friends that I had before React Club, like you guys have really become my best friends. And I think what a lot of kids think is that they're working or they're volunteering in React Club. It's it's hanging out with your best friends. If you're If you don't have autism, it's not like you're working to help somebody with autism. It's more of, okay, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends on a Friday night, just like anybody else would. And we do some fun stuff, man. Like, I have some of my favorite memories of this year are from React Club, and I think you can agree with that too. Absolutely. So I wanna talk about what happened at the be- in the beginning of February because it was a pretty monumental moment for, the bo- for both of us. and it's really led to a lot of positives in both of our lives and I think the lives of other kids too. So in early February, you came up to me and you started to talk to me about how you felt kind of alone at lunch. Can you talk about that? 
well, sometimes people were unintentionally excluding me because I wasn't making a conversation. I was trying to like get into the conversation, but I just didn't have anything to say because I wasn't interested in their topics. And that kind of hurt my feelings a little. So you came to me, and do you remember what you talked to me about? Well, I wanted to start a program similar to We Died Together, based in Boko Raton, Florida, but with a different name. So what is that program from Florida? We Died Together focuses on social interactions with kids that sit alone basically, at lunch. Okay, and did you feel that you were the only one sitting alone, or do you see it happening with other kids, too? Oh, I see it happen among other kids as well, but some of them are occupied, some of them not so much. Yeah, so I definitely see that, too, and you came to me at a time when I really needed it, and I don't think you knew that, but I really needed somebody who I could seriously connect with and you and I have just hit it off since starting the Together at Avangrove movement, but let's go a little bit deeper into what TAG is. Can you kind of explain you know, our thought process? Because when you came to me, I knew that a club might seem too inclusive, meaning that kids are gonna think, oh, well, I'm just doing this for my club. And I think what we wanted was to make a movement where there's like, there's no incentive for doing this. It's just being good people and loving each other like brothers and sisters. So can you talk a little bit more about TAG? TAG is basically we try to sit with people who sit alone that are not occupied. There are some times where I feel like going and sitting with people, but I don't know whether they're occupied with something because I don't want them to make them feel uncomfortable. I don't, I don't want them to think that I'm interfering with their personal space, but I'm just trying to do something good because some people, especially in today's society, don't understand the good in people. They think, oh, we can't do this. Oh, we're not good enough for this. Tag not only applies to the cafeteria, but also to the classroom when nobody has a partner for a group project. Can you talk about a time when you feel like you've made a difference in someone else's life since the tag movement has come around? One day at lunch, I had a difficult time finding somebody to sit with. And on the day of the Blue Rocks game, like the what was this? This was um, the day of junior prom, so it was... Uh, it May was 4th. May 4th, okay. So, that day at school, I sat with Brett. Yes, I wasn't able to make any, like, deep conversations, but I was like, hey, that's cool. That's progress for the movement. And I just wish I saw other people do it as well, not just me. Who is Brett? Brett is this kid who I've met at React mm -hmm. during the garage event, and he seemed like a pretty cool kid, so I wanted to get to know him. Yeah, I met Brett at that same React um, event, which was really awesome, that game night at the garage. However, I think that 
when kids who don't have autism or something like that, and they think of children who do, they don't think of someone as highly functioning as you. It might be someone like Brett who is a little bit lower on the spectrum. Can you kind of speculate you know, your journey and how you've become so highly functioning and then we'll talk about how you've made an impact on people who, who haven't gotten the same you know, training as you or have become as highly functioning. At birth, I was diagnosed with hydrocephalitis. Mm -hmm. It's basically fluid in the brain. The doctor said, I may never be able to walk. I may never be able to talk. I might be in a wheelchair. But with the support of my grandparents, they pushed me throughout this whole journey from sensory training to speech therapy. And one speech therapist that had an impact on my life was this woman named Aisha Ganges. She worked for a total approach in Glen Mills. And she helped me throughout my journey. And ever since ever since then, I've always been looking forward to new challenges. I love that. I really do. Um, can you can you talk about what your speech pathologist was talking about or what training you you went through while you were young that allowed you to be able to uh, you know formulate words so well now? She worked on me with diction, like when you're sitting, mm -hmm. like on Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. You don't say star, you say star. Gotcha. Because that T creates the diction. So I've been working on that, especially with Mrs. Wilcox, especially with her. So you talk about Mrs. Wilcox, and I know she's a teacher here at the high school. How important have the teachers at the high school been for you? They've honestly been supportive of me. They understand more teenage things. And the teachers I had most of the time had back backgrounds with people like me. Mrs. Ortega, for example, teared up at my AG talks because she has a nephew with autism. And gosh, she was honestly impressed that I would uh, talk about my condition in a way that would inspire others rather than putting people down like, oh, you can't do this. Oh, you're not good enough for that. Yeah, I think you've really embraced what's going on and you, you've met your challenges and you've blown right by them. But you said something about AG Talks. Can you go into that a little bit more, what AG Talks is and what you were able to talk about on stage? AG Talks is a TED Talk style event, but it's here at Avangrove. It took place on May 17th, and I spoke about my condition and how it impacts bullying, especially in middle and high school. Like, I haven't seen it personally here among autistic and non-autistic kids personally, but I've seen it in like other schools in the news. 
there is this recent article I came across where a special needs teacher mocked one of her students because I guess he couldn't write a word or listen to the directions and the student was making noises and the teacher, instead of calming him down, she mocked his noise. And at one point, they went on, the two teachers went on to see what would happen if Camden, who's the kid, got out of that school that he was in. And the teachers were explained that he wouldn't survive in that school. And that really touched my heart because I hate to see somebody go through that, especially a special needs kid who's defenseless. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a struggle, but you mentioned that that doesn't really happen here at Avangrove. And, you know, you are, you're honestly, you guys in the special needs program are some of the most amazing kids, and I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you. I think you guys have taught me so much that you can't get from a normal class, but what have you learned from your peers and your teachers in classes like T uh, TLC or ALC, right? ALC, yes. So what is ALC and, and what did you learn from ALC? Academic Learning Center is basically like a privatized study hall with specific teachers that you meet with four out of the six days because obviously with the block scheduling, you don't have a class like every day mm -hmm. at, like at a normal high school. So what it taught me was it taught me time management, having more time to spend with my peers because I'm getting my homework done. I'm not saying that I don't get my homework done at home, but it just gives me time just in case if I want to hang out with a friend or something. Yeah, and I, I definitely love that. I think being able to connect with them is important, but we talked a little bit before the show about how you've made an impact on other members of React because of your love for learning. Can you talk about your love for learning and how you've given or passed some of that information on to other students in React? I've had an addiction to computers ever since I was little. So I wanted to know the world, how the world works. And by researching some topics, uh, especially sports, I've been able to pass all that, some of that trivia down to other people. And sometimes, like, the kids in the classroom might need my help because I'm in the lower biology class, mm -hmm. not because I'm dumb or anything, but my old teacher just wouldn't help me. Like, he didn't understand what my needs were. So, the table in front of me, one unit, they were like, what the heck is this? And I explained to them, and they got it when I explained it to them. Yeah. Yeah, can you give, that, uh, that's so awesome, Alex. And, and, I mean, you've explained some things to me where I've just been like, how did you know that? Because, 
some of the kids in React have the most amazing memory. Like guys like Ben Laws, you know Ben, right? Yes. His memory, man. He will talk about his love for music is awesome too. You know, he'll give me some music trivia where I'm just like, dude, I did not know. And I don't know how you have such a crazy memory. Like he will name everything about a band, the members, the ins and outs and and stuff like that. You you were talking about a Blue Rocks game the other week. Um, can you talk about what you taught the kids at the Blue Rocks game? I taught the kids how to score baseball. Like, for example, a ground out to the shortstop to the first baseman would be 6-3. Yep. And a called strike is a backwards K. And a swinging strike is just a regular K. Because you can strike out in two ways. If it's in the strike zone and you don't swing, or if you swing and miss, obviously. So I taught them a little baseball and how I commentate it and analyze it. Like, for example, there was this Phillies game where they played in New York against the Mets, and it was really chilly. And I said, don't expect a high-scoring game. And my prediction was right. It was 2 nothing Mets. So I was like, hey, there we go. Because you have to play the wind factor, you have to play the chill factor, plus you've got to play how hard the wind is blowing. Yeah, and right there you just taught me something <laughs> about backwards strikes, about backwards Ks, I mean. But, um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of kids who walk these halls think that children who have autism can can function in society and be so smart and stuff like that. And they really underestimate how smart you, your group uh, in, in React is and what can you say about that? Because autism hasn't held you back. I think it's kind of boosted you up and you, you know, would you say that autism has been like a, a roadblock for you or is it something where you are like, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm just like everyone else, you know what I mean? I don't let my autism get in the way in most things because I want to prove to the world that I'm just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Just like with Kieran, like he's in some of the, the best classes, especially in history. Yep, he takes AP Go, I know that. And for me, I'm supposed to be taking AP US because mm -hmm. I want to analyze U.S. history a little more deep, just in case, what if, for example, like, what if one of my band members wants to know a little history about how lyrics affects, like, a certain event, like the song Fortunate Son affects the Vietnam War because it talks about a certain group that fought in the Vietnam War. Well, talk to me about your band, because I'm not really familiar. I know you play drums, but can you go into that more? Because I think that's super awesome. I haven't formed a band yet, but I kind of want to, like, get, like, some of the best players from the school to form, like, some sort of jazz, jazz band, mm -hmm. like an old school band, where we would cover some of the stuff. Like, I've tried asking numerous people, but they've rejected. But that's okay, because 
my drum instructor wants to get gigs for me when I done high school or even senior year. Yeah, can you talk to me about some of your favorite drummers and how you got into drums? Because I think I, I've, I've tried to play piano before and even getting my fingers, like my left pinky and my right thumb to go together has been really hard and to play that chord and stuff like that. But I can't imagine drums when all four limbs have to work simultaneously. What's that challenge like? And what does that show people about how you can do anything if you, ha if you do have autism? Well, in jazz, you have to work with all four limbs because on the right hand, you have to keep the and on the kick drum, bass drum as they call it, you have to do like syncopated bass patterns. Same thing with the snare. And on your left foot, on beats two and four, you have to lift the hi-hat to make a chick sound. Like So, when did you start playing drums? Well, I've been playing drums my entire life, but I haven't gotten legitimate lessons until eighth grade because my grandparents one day took me to the music store and I didn't expect them to get me a drum set. Man. Tell me some of your favorite drummers because <coughs> we've talked about this a little bit. You know, I, I mentioned The Who, I mentioned, you know, some old school, some old school rock bands, but uh, who's your favorite? Jeff Beccaro of Toto. Okay. He is the groove master, as I call <laughs> it. Call him. The groove master, I love that. He composed some of the best drum beats in music history. He's influenced from Bernard Purdy and John Bonham on the song Rosanna, and from on songs like Child's Anthem, it's like a sports anthem, like when a football team comes out from mm -hmm. the helmet yep. or the banner. He's influenced some of those musicians. And my couple of my favorite other drummers are Buddy Rich, Stort Copeland. Copeland, gosh, his left hand could tick traditional grip at such a high volume <laughs> because with traditional grip, it's tough to get the high volume on the left hand because with traditional grip, you have a limited motion on the wrist. Give me some songs I can listen to that really that really captures Stuart Copeland and all the guys you mentioned before. Hole in My Life. All right. Rosanna. Africa. By Toto? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to give that a listen. Uh, you know, I really want to get into what what drumming is, is really like because I don't think that many people understand. Like, tell them to go, you know, you have Instagram and you show some of your drumming and stuff like that, don't you? Yes. Yeah, dude, you, I mean, you're rocking out on Instagram. I think that's awesome. Um, so I want to go in a little bit of a different direction and um, I want to talk about the students who have made an impact on you and how they've done that. Well, at the TV studio, I was 
not as close last year with some of the members as I am this year. Mm -hmm. Not that I didn't get along with them, but I think it was the fact that they were seniors and I was an incoming freshman, so they didn't, like, they didn't know where I was coming from. And I feel that with you and Mary, you guys have some of the same backgrounds as I do because I was speaking to Mary about the program, the tag thing, and last year she has a difficult time finding people to sit with mm -hmm. because I don't know whether some of them went to TCHS or did dual. Yeah, yeah, I think that you know, I don't think many people approach because they may feel like, I don't know what to talk about, you know, you know, he's autistic. It's like, he's a normal, like, you're just so amazing. And I don't think, like, people are always looking at the surface. And I know when we started TAG, the people I've sat with have made such an impact on me. And I think you can speak for that as well because it's about seeing past the surface you know, when you look at me, you're like, ah, just a white kid, you know, he's got blonde hair, he's, you know, he's just playing sports, whatever. It's like, dude, I'm so much more than that. You know, there's so much behind the, the line. If you look at a kid in band and, you know, he doesn't seem like he really wants to talk, go spark up a conversation because what you get out of that is a sense of, oh my goodness, I really connected with that person and I never thought I would. And I talked to... You know, you know Brianna Kaminsky, you did the yes. play with her. Amazing person. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, uh, she was sitting alone one day, and, and it's not because she doesn't have friends or anything. Her friends just weren't in lunch, and I was like, I'm going to go sit with her just because I wanted to learn. And I, and I sat with a lot of kids like this. I just wanted to give this one example. Right. And I start talking to Brianna, and she talks, she, you know, we're just having a, a casual conversation because... She doesn't know me extremely well. And we get to talking about what her dreams and aspirations are. And she's just like talking about plays and stuff because the play's coming up, Mary Poppins. Well, it was at the time. Right, right. And um, she starts talking about what she wants to do after because we are seniors. Brianna and I are seniors. Right. And she says, you know, my dream is to work at Disneyland and hopefully get a gig on Broadway. And I looked at her and I was like, why am I holding my own dreams and aspirations back when Brianna is going for everything? And for me to look at her and say, I don't know if that can happen. It's like, shame on me. Because I think it's more important for someone to shoot for this giant dream of, say, say it's 100%. Say I'm shooting for 100% and I only get to 80%. I may be a little frustrated, but that is going to get me so much farther than me only shooting for 20% and getting 21%. So I think, you know, you learn from everybody. And what I've learned from you is just how to love and how to be compassionate and treat everyone like a brother and sister. You know, the things you guys have taught me and tag and stuff like that, it's just like we're brothers and sisters here. And our teachers are supportive of us here. And our students are starting to understand that it's not about what you look like or what you're into. We're all here together, you know? We're all trying to make it. It's stressful on all of us, 
but none of us are different in such a way that we can't talk and have a conversation. Some of my best friends now look nothing like me, act nothing like me, but we connect because we both know that we're brothers and sisters and, and we have this love for each other. And I think that's what happened with us. It's like people see us together and they're like, well, how did they connect? It's like, well, we're brothers and sisters. How couldn't we? You know what I mean? It's like that's, that's love right there. But that's not always the case, which is unfortunate. So what do you tell kids about how to approach a, a, a kid who doesn't look like them and, and may not be interested in the same thing? Just get to know them. And who knows, you might be interested in it in the future. Yeah. Um, can you give me an example of a time, except for Brett, when you know, you've been maybe kind of nervous to go and approach somebody, but you did it anyway, and it turned out really, really well for you? Well, one, t- one day, I saw Josie Althaus. You know her, right? I do not. What grade is she? Do you know of her? Josie Althaus? Yes. How old is she? She's in my grade. She's a sophomore? Yes. Okay. One day, I saw her sitting at lunch alone one day. Now, I didn't go up to her, but I did uh, invite her to sit with my friends Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to leave my friends, but at the same time, I didn't want her to sit alone. Yeah. And yes, we've known each other for since first grade, but... In eighth grade, she's honestly became close with me then, rather than, like, I mean, yes, we spoke, but it wasn't until Mr. Wallace, we had this support group like we do in society skills, like where we talk about different things in society. Yeah. So, you know, moving forward, we talk about how to make a difference and what we can do with tag, but not a lot of kids really understand that just something as simple as holding the door can make someone's day. I think for me, when I'm sitting with kids who are sitting alone or I pick up trash off the floor, as selfish as this may sound, it makes me feel so good. Absolutely, because there are some times where I feel like cleaning up all the trash that people leave on the table, but sometimes I don't want to be late to class because obviously sometimes some kids can't act for themselves. They're not responsible like we are. They're not taught that respect at home. Yeah, well, I mean, I think what a lot of kids think is, oh, it's the janitor's job to pick up. It's like, they're there to pick up trash that may have been dropped. It's not their job to pick up your lunch trays and the stuff you left around the floor. You know what I mean? So I think just starting small. You know, if somebody's 10 feet behind you and you're going to, hold, you're going to the portables and you may be late to class even if you hold that door, your teacher's not going to get on your, on your behind about being a second late. But that person that you held the door for, it's not as much holding the door. It's the, it's the thought. It's like, they thought about me and they held that door for me. Or they dropped a paper in the hallway and you, you went to pick it up. That's the little difference. So what you and I, I think, are trying to achieve with the Together at Avangrove movement is not some culture shock or some paradigm shift. It's more of we just want to make little differences to where kids are, are excited to come here because it's a great place to be. And, and when you find that love and compassion and start to really connect with people, who treat you like a brother and sister too, 
man, I'm excited to be here. And I love coming to see guys like you, people like Meredith and Zach and all my great friends like Scott and stuff. And it's a great place to be, but I think it's step by step. And right now, TAG is in its infancy. Mm-hmm. But what can you say to help continue to change and create a better culture for our school? I'd just say get involved as much as possible. Now, you don't have to sit with kids that are sitting alone every day, obviously, because you never know whether they want to sit alone Mm -hmm. or not. But I was thinking about having, like, a cabinet meeting because you're going to graduate, obviously. So is Grace. So is Emily. Yeah. So I wanted to keep keep it going by inviting fellow high schoolers to join join me. So, you know, I I think that when students think of joining TAG, they're like, ah, well, I'm not going to do all that every day. It's like, dude, you don't need to do great things every day. Just being a good person in general and having in the back of your mind. And and we actually just got a thousand TAG pins in. So I want, I want, so what we are trying to do with the TAG pins is it's not trying to get this brand up. It's okay, that's a visual reminder to do something good today. Tell somebody you love them. You know what I mean? Like spread the word, basically. Spread the word because it's awesome, you know? It's a great movement. And what can you say? Like, What can you say to kids who are maybe apprehensive about joining a, a group like TAG because they feel like they're going to have to always be doing the right thing? And And it's not like not doing the right thing, but I'm saying like, Maybe they didn't hold the door for somebody one day. Like, that's okay, but what are you, what are you trying to ask for from people? You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be a good person. Mm-hmm. You just have to show good character in your life sometimes. Where did you learn this from? Because you, I mean, yes, I learned it at home, how to love and stuff like that, but you really taught me how to be compassionate, even when somebody may not look or act like me. Where did you learn that from? My grandparents raised me on traditional old school values, so they taught me like old school discipline and how they were acting growing up. Give me some examples. For example, I I allow ladies to go first because that's the old school way of letting people in. That's right. That's right. That's that's really important. Um, I think, you know, some people may say, oh, it's sweet. Alex was talking about tag, and it's just like for that one day, they're going to say, maybe I should make a difference. But how can we really prolong this change and have sustainable growth? Because that's what we're trying to achieve here. And, and to get people to understand, it's like, for you, you're not trying to get some like pity thing you're a you're a functioning member of society who can really change and autism hasn't held you back at all so what are you what are you telling kids about you know being discouraged because they don't think they can make an impact or just thinking that you know you're just like you know what i mean i'd just say look at celebrities like bill gates he used to get called a geek at school because he was so smart but yet, he was one of the most successful people in the technology industry. Same thing with Steve Jobs or even Einstein. Yeah. Have you ever dealt with 
something like bullying or, or other challenges because of autism? Yes, I have. Because for the way I looked, like, you know how you're supposed to shower every day? Mm-hmm. I showered every other day. So these kids used to say, oh, I'm so stinky and smelly. And that really got to me to the point where I broke down. How do you deal with, how do you deal with that? I honestly just try to recoup with them. Like try to make it up to them. Be like, hey, listen, I know you didn't mean to say what you meant to say. Like, I see good in you. How do you do that? Because that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. You've taught me that. Is even if somebody does me wrong, you still come back and you forgive them and you love them. I sometimes like it, depending on the situation. It takes me sometimes a long time to like make it up to them, but somehow I'm like in my head. Oh, I see good in you. You just have to show me that next time. I see potential in you. What does that do to the kid who may have said you're stinky or something like that? It just raises their self-confidence to interact with other people in society. You know, I think that's one of the most important things is this idea of forgiving and compassion because a lot of people are holding grudges. And it might be something as stupid in high school as... You know, oh, you dated a girl one time, and now she's dating, or and now she's dating someone else. Like, forget about it. Like, you know, like people move on and love each other, because you know you don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, what can you tell people who don't think it's as easy to forgive? Because you know, you talked about forgiving and seeing the good of people, but it may not be that easy for some people. So what do you tell yourself when somebody's, you know, maybe saying something mean or something like that? I'd just say to myself, I wish you well. Man. I, I, uh, I was reading on Twitter a post about, it was from Kanye West, and I, don't, I obviously don't agree with everything he says. Right. But he does spread this message of love and compassion between others. And he talked about how everybody thinks that you know, people who are just doing their own thing are out of control, but really I think they're more in control because with with you, you're not coming to school every day and, and being someone you're not. You're going to somebody and giving them a hug or giving them a high five, and I don't think you understand what that does for somebody to start their day. That makes somebody so bright in the morning, and for me, I know you've seen me maybe walking around with my head down. I haven't had a good day. And you just, from the other side of the hallway, go, hey, Ben, have a good day. And I don't think you really understand what that does for me. I don't think anybody really understands, you know, how that can impact somebody. So I think just going forward, if we're able to do that. But, you know, I think the challenges come when we're worried about how others think of us. Mm-hmm. And how, how have you been able to get past caring about what others think about you. I just don't care what other people think of me. 
in a negative way, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, if people are saying things in a positive way, then I don't forget about it. I think, you know, the message you're sending is one that everybody should know, and it's really hard to, to understand this message of love because if I said I love you to you, you would kind of be like, yeah, I love you too. But if I say it to somebody random out in the hallway right now, they'd think, do you like me or something? It's like, no, I don't like you. We're just, like, like you, like, you know, like a romantic type yes, of thing. Yes, I see what you mean. So how can we spread this message? It doesn't have to be in love, but, like, maybe compassion or empathy and vulnerability. How can we spread this message through tag? I'd just say try to go do a good deed at least one day a week. Then bump it up to two, then bump it up to three, etc. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think starting slow, you know, you can't just go cold turkey and say, all right, I'm going to be better. Because in high school, it's hard to grow. And, you know, I didn't really realize my potential and how much compassion I had until I met people like you my junior year. So I don't think that you realize how much of a difference you have on other people, but I know that you've made it on people like the cheerleaders. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. And some of your great friends. Can you describe your relationship with them? My relationship with the cheerleaders began when I met Lacey Jones. You know who she is, right? I do know Lacey. So I met her in choir because I had concert choir as a class last year. I just became close. And one, and one day, she invited me to sit with her friends, like Megan McLennigan, Tori Nutt, Kelly Lindsay, Ali Giampalo. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I've just gotten so close to them. Even Cassandra yeah. and Bella. What do they teach you? Because, you know, and what have you taught them? Because it's a, it's a teaching and learning thing. You always have to be learning, too. I'm just teaching them that people don't understand who I am except for the people that have to go through like working as a team, working with other people. Because I know people who cheer at KX and at KX they have a special needs team like people, Addison's on that team as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And the cheerleaders who are non-disabled just teach the kids that don't let their disability hold them back. And you know who Jordan Wagner is, right? Yeah. She has a brother with Down syndrome. Okay. So she learns from him every day about what compassion is on how she can improve it among non-disabled and disabled kids. See a common thing coming up, and I'm not sure why it is, but why do you think that children who have Down syndrome or children who have autism are able to spread love so much more and so much easier than kids who don't have anything like that? Because they had to go through the same experiences, so they learned from throughout their whole experiences at school. I think. When people see you hugging somebody or kissing somebody on the cheek, they may say to themselves, oh, that's kind of weird. But that's just because everybody has labeled that as weird. I think hugging is just, it makes you feel good. It's literally scientifically proven. You release 
a feel-good hormone when you give somebody a hug. And I know when we give each other a high five or a hug, you know, that's like that brotherly love that we have. Or you go give Meredith a hug. It's like that's sisterly love right there. I mean, with different genders, it's different because of my faith, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. But um, you also talked about your ALC teacher talking about they understand teenagers. What do you mean they understand teenagers? They've had to go through the same experiences with other kids they've talked to the past. Mm-hmm. So they know how to handle situations like that. Yeah, I, I think for sure. So I want to get back to TAG because I really, you know, every almost every year there's something that comes up where kids want to make a difference because they finally mature enough. Well, you're mature as a sophomore, but they finally mature enough to where they say, okay, I want to make a difference now because something needs to change. We need to be more loving towards each other. And how can we get younger kids to, like I said, love each other and be empathetic and be vulnerable and want to make mistakes because they know that they learn from that? For example, Mrs. Sarkissian. You know who she is, yeah, right? Yeah, um, during my eighth grade year for math. And uh, we... <laughs> We may have left on the wrong foot when I did the California knockout in her class, but uh, sorry, Miss Sarkissian, I have changed since then. So that's no, fine. <laughs> Trust me. So she goes back and forth in the middle of high school. So same thing with Mrs. Norris. Mm-hmm. I know Miss Norris. She's the technology teacher, right? Mm-hmm. The technology specialist. Specialist. Okay. That's okay. So anyway, they travel back and forth down to the middle school. Mm-hmm. So I feel that if we give them some of the tag program badges down there at the middle school, they can spread the word to their younger siblings if they have younger siblings. Yeah, I was actually talking to my brother and his friend Connor. And Connor Skiles and my brother Mike... I've given them some tag buttons, and Connor actually has a brother who has autism, and he's just like, I've learned so much from from him, and, and you can tell the level of maturity, because I don't know what it is, but when when children have autism, they just love, and I was actually talking to a guy who was at the gym the other day, and there was a big dude in there, his last name was... Uh, Casey or Daisy or something like that, and he, he was talking about his sons because we got to talking about school and how I was graduating and what we started, and he had mentioned that his son's in seventh grade, and there was an autistic kid sitting in one of the more popular kids' uh, seats, and the kid goes, move, and I think his name's Nate. He, he gets up and he goes, You're not, he's not moving, he's sitting with us. So you can see... It's starting from a young age. Kids have this maturity, but it's almost like it's, it's become uncool to be kind and to do what you love. So what can you say, even to kids, you know, also at the middle school they had a day, I think just really recently, where it was like a mix-up day at lunch and they sat with random kids. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and there were some kids who just had their face in a book. And reading is amazing. Don't get me wrong. Reading, no doubt. Reading because, you a lot. as my other grandpa puts it, if you can comprehend anything, you can do almost anything. 
except for witchcraft, obviously. <laughs> That's why I say almost, because I have to put an exception to witchcraft. <laughs> well, what can you say for the kids who maybe are bookworms and don't and aren't socializing as much, and they they kind of get fixated on the fact that you know they're not very social. But what can you say? You know, get yourself out there a little bit. You might learn something. Well, with Christian Blanchard, his sister sits alone, and like I sometimes feel like approaching Christian, be like, "Hey there, I see your sister sitting alone at lunch. I was wondering if maybe he and I could hang out sometimes, so that I could get to know his sister a mm-hmm. little more." Mm-hmm. So. Do you think that, like, how are we going to make our school a place of love and a place for kids to come and, and, you know, be encouraged to learn, be encouraged to make mistakes? For me, I've had to learn the hard way. You know who Sarah Fitzsimons is. I do. She graduated last year, right? Yes. One day, I wanted to sit with her at lunch, and she said hi, obviously, mm-hmm. but... Kara Slatshaw and Sophie Page asked her if she wanted to sit somewhere else, so she went. And that's kind of hurt my feelings a little. Yeah. Just because I'm pretty sure Sarah didn't want to do that, but I guess her friends sort of. I don't want to say forced her to do it, but... What did you learn from that? I honestly just learned to try to make it up to them be like hey guys I don't know whether you're realizing this or not but you're not making this place loving for me yeah and I don't think there was any malevolence in their actions not at all yeah you know know, they're high school kids but I get it I think just having this the sense of awareness where you know some kids they post on Instagram and they look happy but really they're sad and they need someone to sit with and it could be somebody who you think is popular and has everything going for them. And sometimes those are the kids that need it most. Because I know for me, when I was trying to impress everybody else and, and be who people wanted me to be, I was with a giant crowd, and I felt like I was sitting alone. So I think the difference for me is finding those people who you can really connect with. You know, we had Mr. Avangrove, and those guys, that was love, man. Like, you saw on stage. Oh, yes. Especially in the commercial with the Full House. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If you get a chance to watch the Full House commercial, that is an awesome commercial. But um, I think going forward, if we can say anything to kids, it's just stop thinking about love just about boyfriend and girlfriend because okay that's that's important in high school you know you gotta experience a relationship here absolutely but i think love is so much more than that and there's there's different definitions but overall it's just being able to go up to somebody like i have been saying hi like this year i've made it a, a promise to myself to just say hi to kids who i haven't really connected with as much but i know who they are and just say hi and you see their their day and their their night smile and go oh hey ben and it's like, we just reconnected, and that could have made their day. And when you come up to somebody, and they may have their head down, or they're on their phone, and you go, oh, hey, and their day, you can just see happiness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that right there, people don't understand. You don't have to say, I love you. You can just say, 
hey, I hope you have a great day. Or good morning, even. Yeah, for sure. And what a lot of kids don't understand, you know, if I'm on the announcements and I say a crazy joke like last year, or last... Um, last broadcast that you were on. I said a joke about a pterodactyl. I said, why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? And the joke was, because the P is silent. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I get it now. Right, but the joke, the joke seems dumb, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, just a dad joke. But the point of it is not, you know, it's not as much to tell the joke. I can't go on the announcements and say, be happy today, Ivan Grove. So what I have to do is tell a joke and almost trick kids into smiling at 7.30 a.m. where you usually be like, what do you mean be happy? It's 7.30 and I'm in school. How can I be happy? It's like, dude, just smile. You know, have a funny pterodactyl joke that's really not good, but you're going to smile. And if you smile in the morning, that's literally telling your brain you're going to be happy during the day. Wake up and say, I'm going to love today. I'm going to be happy and be grateful. You know what I mean? This year, I felt more confident within my social boundaries than I did last year. And even eighth grade. Why is that? Because I've gotten more involved with the play, with the musical, with React. Well, talk to me about the play and the musical and what your role was in that. Oh, for the play, I did stage crew because I wanted to experience stage crew. Mm -hmm. And for Mary Poppins, I was the ensemble. Plus, mm -hmm. I had two minor lines. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about those minor lines. Talk to me about... You know, did you deal with anything difficult during the play? Like some people thinking that you didn't have the potential to go out there and perform like they could. Because I know a lot of kids just don't understand that, you know, you're, you're functioning just like everybody else. Did you have, and I don't want you to name drop here, but just give me an example. Or if you even had a time, like if somebody was not understanding that you're just as good as everyone else. Well, there was this girl, and she used to, like, tell me to move, like, in a negative way. She didn't, didn't say, excuse me, can I get through, please? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Because I know that can be kind of demeaning when you're like, I'm a, I'm a human, too. Why are you treating me like this? I said to myself, I was not raised that way. I don't know where she got her attitude from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I loved her mom so much as a human being, Mrs. Curry. Yeah, but, you know, I think what we have to understand a lot is... Sometimes they have insecurities as well. It could well. be insecurities. It could be they had a really long day, you know? And I think if anybody ever, you know, for me driving and somebody cuts me off, it's not yelling, dude, what are you doing? It's like, maybe they had a terrible day at work. Yeah. And you just have to say, get home safe or something like that. Or maybe somebody bumps into you in the hallway really hard and you say, you could turn around and say, what's your problem, man? Like, like what are you doing? And yell at them. But what is that going to solve? I yeah. say, my apologies or oops, I'm sorry. Exactly, and that relates back to what you said before when people were being rude to you and you saw the good in them. It's about putting things in perspective and putting yourself in other people's shoes because it, there's a lot of pressure in today's world. You gotta perform, but really I think what's gonna help and, and when we were talking about some struggles with the musical and you had texted me about you know that, that person telling you to move, 
it wasn't, you know, ah, oh, she's mean. Because I don't think she's mean. Uh-uh. I think that the workload that people have and the stress that people have can let people act out. But I, what you've taught me is to just take a deep breath when you're about to do something or you're about to yell because yelling doesn't do anything. And it's just saying, okay, um, I understand what you're saying. And, um, you know, I, I still love you like a brother and sister. Like, for me, if I was a parent, I wouldn't yell to my kids. I'd just give them natural consequence if they, if they did something bad. Just, like, a natural consequence. Like, for example, if they posted an inappropriate picture, I'd take their phone for a week. Now, I wouldn't do that for every offense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they have to learn a lesson in a positive way instead of saying... Hey, get your butt over here! No! Exactly, exactly. Like, that doesn't help the child. It just worries the child. I think for me, and going forward, when we yell, we just create more anger. And you know Martin Luther King Jr. He had one of the greatest quotes is, you can't solve um, hate with hate. Mm -hmm. Only with love, or with love only. And that, that really resonates with me because... Everything I've done, if I'm getting in an argument with somebody here at school, or I'm getting in a little bit of an argument with my mom, where I can turn into yelling, if you love and you just talk to them in a very calm voice, they, they don't know how to react to that. It's like, well, I'm trying to provoke you. Why are you loving me? I'm trying to get a reaction out of you, and you're still loving me? It's like, see the good in somebody, and, and then they take that. And you, you then impacted one person. And then that person says... Well, next time I get in an argument, I'm going to love. And then that person's impacted. And all of a sudden, we have a school full of children who, who are able to love. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, I think we're the only school in Chester County that has a program similar to We Dine Together. Because think about it. Not that many schools know about our movement. How do we get that out there? Well... I feel that if I share my YouTube video with the whole community. Share that. I think can, we just got those thousand pins. I, I meant to talk to you today, and we could talk about it more on the podcast, but, or, or after the podcast. But if anybody would like, we just got a thousand tag pins, and um, we can hand them out at lunch to anybody who'd like one. Well... I was going to give one to Annabelle Quayle, if you know who she is. Dude, I'm going to give you like like 100 just to Teresa give Teresa Quayle's everybody. sister. Okay, yeah, I know Teresa. She's in my grade. Right. Um, so anyway, I really like her as a cool. friend, obviously. But she's sort of been ignoring me in the halls lately. So I, like, I tried to send a snap, but she just left it on open. So I was like, okay. What, sh what can I do? So I just said hi to her today in the hallway. And I think for me, it, it's, it, it's not that kids are mean or kids are trying to ignore. It's that maybe they don't understand this concept of love in, I know I keep saying it, but in this family fashion where no matter what you do, if you were to punch me right now, it, it would just be like a brother punching me. It wouldn't be like, dude, I'm never going to talk to you again because I still love you. And, and I'm not saying that you, anybody should punch somebody. <laughs> if you said hurtful words to somebody, I mean, sometimes that can hurt a little bit more than physical. Right. Things, but it's not, it's understanding that, okay, they're just, they're just trying to love. And I think 
you know, as I grew up, I thought that it was all about me uh, when I was your age too. And, and you've, you've matured extremely fast for your age and you're wise beyond your years, but I think the main thing that you know and that most adults never learn is to just love everybody. And for any kids listening, any adult even, because some adults don't learn either, is just Mm-mm. understand where people are coming from. And that's one of the hardest things to do. But um, you bring up people maybe ignoring you or something like that. It's like maybe they they have an imbalance of values right now. And it's going to take a moment like you giving her that tag pin to say, wow, you know, that's, that is going to make an impact on me. And like when I got into React and, I, and I, some stuff was going down in my life that was pretty personal, and I could just come to events. And right when personal stuff was happening, we went to Longwood. It was around Christmas time. And I was just, you know, I was feeling really low. And it was a terrible time for me. And I got to come to, to Longwood with you guys. And that, uh, just everything, I forget about everything. And I just, I'm with people I love. I'm with my best friends. And, and for anybody listening, I think, join React Club. The amount of things I've learned not because of autism, not because of Down syndrome, because of the sense of love that you get from these people, the sense of community that they share. You can be black, white, yellow, purple, green, anything, and it's seeing right past that. And that's what they've taught me. And I, I, I don't think anybody else could teach me that except people like you, Alex. I think you, you are a role model for a lot of kids and not many people are able to see that. I think what you, what you are trying to spread is, you know, see past the surface, because you're so much more than somebody who has autism. You know what I mean? I think you represent somebody who is able to overcome adversity and make a difference on others' lives. So, I really want to thank you for that, and I really want to thank you for coming on the show today. I have, I have one more question for you to close out the show, and that is, um, if you have one piece of advice for anybody, anybody at all that can be 100 years old or a child who just started to comprehend words, what can you say? You take the good, you take the bad, you take the both, there you have the facts of life. And what do you do with those facts? Just try to evaluate them to see what people are actually like. Okay, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, guys, if you have anything you'd like to share, a question, an idea, or if you'd like to be featured on the show because you have a message or something you'd like to spread into somebody else's life, please email me at jamespodcast.yahoo.com. And until next time, thank you again, Alex. Thank you for having me, Ben. See you guys.